Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We'll begin with the reign of terror. A few murders here and there. All right, so JP, do you got your list handy? Uh, I just pulled up the spreadsheet that I sent over last week. So yes. All right, I made some changes here on my one through fifty. Um, kind of the ones we talked about. Uh, the you know people can listen to the other podcasts if they want to hear that. So. Uh, Kicking in here, with some of the changes I made, we might end up talking about some of the same guys a couple times because some dudes were okay. down. But, I actually um, didn't. Uh, I, I made changes on my list, but I was going off the old doc just so it would be like the same 51 to 100. Yeah. I made changes. It is what okay. it is. People just want to hear about uh, what we think about these guys anyway, right? Yeah, I think so. All right. I hope so. Uh, anyways... So let's see here. Uh, your fifty. So your fifty was Jemai Jones. I believe I had Joey Bart. So kicking off at fifty-one, you got Michael Kopech. Uh, fifty-two, Ryan McKenna. Fifty-three, Trevor Larnick. Fifty-four, Chris Paddock. And fifty-five, Casey Mize. Uh, I believe I had Paddock in the, at forty-five. So we kind of got him around the same the same range. What are your thoughts on Paddock? Nasty changeup. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. Um, I feel like he was one of those where like he, AJ Preller's just kind of, I think AJ Preller acquired him. He's just, uh, he's like low key, just fleeced some, some teams. And I think the Marlins were, he got him a couple times. Do you like 12 to one strikeout to walk rates? I think that's what his was. It was something I, crazy like that. <laughs> I know that when you get Tommy John, command and control are the last thing to come back. So uh, I do it. I, I like it normally, but I really like it in his case. Yeah, even more so. Yeah, totally. Um, uh, now, we talked about Kopech uh, before, I believe, right? No, I haven't ranked him yet, so we haven't talked about Kopech. So how do you reconcile some of these injury guys that are going to miss pretty much the entire season? I, 
You know, because like when they were healthy, obviously, you know, Kopech, I've seen him ranked as high as top 25 in some places. And then generally everybody starts dropping dudes uh, when they get Tommy John. But how many spots? I know these spots are subjective. What do, you, do you have any number in mind or is it just straight gut feel or, or you got any data that you use when you're ranking these Tommy John guys? Because we got a couple of them on this list. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's a big part of it is what do I think their ultimate ceiling can be? And I think the success rate on Tommy John is good enough at this point where I'm not writing it off, but I'm expecting them to become a decent amount, a decent facsimile of what they used to be. And uh, I thought Kopech had legit ace potential before the surgery. You know, I thought he could potentially be a one. Um, and even after I, I'm expecting him to come back and possibly be, you know, maybe a two ceiling type guy. And I think there are not that many guys that can compete with that sort of upside. So, you know, I have trouble pushing him too far down the list despite the surgery. Any concern with, like, the command, though? Especially with coming back from Tommy John. You know, he made some good strides there toward the uh, toward the end of the season before he got hurt. Any concerns with the command, losing that, just losing command coming back? And Definitely. It could be a long road for him. I mean, they always say command is one of the last things to come back. So, you know, this is a more of a long-term investment, I think. I don't think you, if you're in a fantasy league or something... Um, if if you have Kopech, expect to be in it the long haul because, you know, you might get him back from injury in 2020 and he's rusty. The command already was very spotty and ephemeral before. So don't expect the command to be <laughs> top notch when it comes back. I mean, this could be a two or three year thing before he really becomes, you know, the ace that or top end from the rotation type guy that um, we all think he has the potential to be. It, I think it's a real long-term thing and it's going to take time. How much patience though, can you give to, you know, to, I mean, as a fan, obviously they should have, you know, quite a bit of leash, but you know, if we're not uh, necessarily talking fantasy here, but I feel like if I'm holding him in fantasy, then I'm just, if I have him, then I don't want to sell him low, but I'm not necessarily holding on to him tight either just because I do think it's long-term. Yeah, he didn't I mean, have really I think... major league success before the injury, so he still has to kind of conquer that battle, right? Getting through a lineup sure. a couple times. Yeah, I mean, I think I think he's probably a better real-life investment than a fantasy investment, if that makes any sense, because fantasy is very now, now, now. What can you do for me now? Um, I think more so than in, like, how teams value players. Um because with teams, it comes down to like the years of control and things like that. And, you know, the White Sox still have, I haven't looked at his details or anything recently, but they still have several years of control left on Kopech. And um, as long as they get good, you know, cheaply valued, cost controlled years out of him where he's producing at a, you know, effective level, that's still very valuable to them. And, um, I don't know. So to me, I think for that reason, he's a better quote unquote real life player than a fantasy player. 
All right, so my fifty-one to uh, my fifty-one to fifty-five here. I got you say Kikuchi. I actually we talked about him last pod. I moved him down. So I update he. I got him at fifty-one now, and then I was talking to Thompson. Thompson's now got him in like the top. I think the top thirty. And I was like, didn't you just tweet out that you had sixteen pitchers ahead of him? <laughs> and he's like, ah, you know, he's gonna contribute. And I'm like, Jesus, dude, I can't get like a. I don't know what to do with this guy because I don't think that he has like, he's not Otani. I think he's a solid middle of the rotation guy. Um, he's 27, you know, so you got to weigh that into it. I mean, I, I yeah. guess you could make a case that you could put him in the top 30 because he's probably a 50, 50 low risk guy, but I don't know. I just can't get excited about those guys. I might be wrong, but I mean, I in terms of, uh, you know, Far East imports, I mean, what kind of production are you expecting? I, I really haven't done my research on him, to be honest. I don't know very much about him. Um, is this going to be Tanaka-level production? Or, I guess, out of the recent guys who have come over, you know, what kind of production do you think he would he would produce? Well, generally, I think a good rule... I think you can usually take you know, their average season in Japan, the K rate gets a bump. Um, the walk rate will go up a little bit because guys, even though guys strike out a lot here, guys also will, will draw a lot of walks here. Um, and they'll make him work. Uh, I think that it'll be an adjustment to the major league ball and it'll be an adjustment to major league hitters. I generally kind of give them either a half K per nine more or maybe one K per nine more. So that would put him around nine and a half. Uh, but then I usually uh, a run to a run and a half on the ERA, especially first year. I think you can, you can safely assume. So, I mean, I, if you got a, a, a third, fourth starter who in his first year of the majors posts like a four, three ERA, if we care about ERA, um, it's not ter- with nine and a half caves per nine. It's not yeah. terrible, but you know, that to me is kind of, I don't want to say that's the ceiling, but it's close to the ceiling. You know, I think, yeah. you know, year two or three, he'll make some adjustments. And I think usually you see the numbers go down and then it's just, they typically seem to become just average middle of the rotation guys like Kenta Maeda. He's a bullpen guy now for some reason. Yeah. Well, know. Jason, for me, if if he's not a like number two caliber pitcher, I'm not super excited about him. He's already 27. Yeah. I mean, he's not going to have the upside of I don't even think anyone in the top 25 of this li- of of a list like this. So I would rather have the guys we've talked about um, over him. So yeah, I'm. I don't know. I'm just not getting very excited from this conversation yeah, i could be i could be wrong i could be wrong i reserve the right to be wrong but it's kikuchi so you know you get him for six years he's 33 think about that if you're in a dynasty league so at 52 i got short i we speaking of a guy who's 27 now we're going to go to a couple young guys so at 52 i got uh isaac paredes who went made it to double a as a teenager we got uh lewis patino from san diego at 53 Justin Dunn at 54, and I got Will Smith at 55. Um, for me, like I might be the high guy on Dunn, and I'm okay with that. I think I think I'm 
I think I'm going to be right on Dunn. Yeah, I mean, I'd almost defer to you. You've had a lot more looks at him. Um, I've I've never seen Dunn live, so you know a lot of things that I've heard about him have been through you, and I know you're very high on him. So do you want to just talk about him a bit? Well, my thing with Dunn, I, he he's athletic as hell. He's got uh, easy 95, so he gets pretty decent extension, and he's just got a nasty breaking pitch, nasty slider. It's a swing and miss slider. And the big question for him was going to be whether or not he got a changeup. And the changeup went a long ways this year to, you know, from fringe to flashing, you know, above average at times. And I've seen him use that changeup as a weapon, not just to, to, not just to change timing. You know how sometimes you see like a shitty changeup, but even if it's got decent arm speed, that shitty changeup just will get guys off the fastball just enough to get some weak contact. Now they may not be able to get consistent outs, but it's almost like a fringy playable pitch. Yeah. I mean, I can think of a bunch of guys. Uh, Mitch Keller kind of had one like that where didn't move a lot, but yeah, there was speed differential and it was kind of flat, but it got yeah, a lot firm. of ground balls. It did its job. Well, in, in what I saw with Dunn, at least in, in high A, right before the call-up, the changeup was flash and swing and miss. And he was throwing it in 3-2 counts. Um, and when he did miss, he missed down with it. I don't mind if you miss with the changeup as long as you don't miss up in the zone with it. So uh, he's a strike thrower. I don't really know what else you want. I like him more than Justice Sheffield, which I think is probably sacrilege in the prospect community. I mean, I feel like Justice <laughs> Sheffield Justice Sheffield seems to get this free pass to the top 50 in everybody's rankings it seems like and and I just don't I don't know if I see it. Um speaking of Justice Sheffield, remember when we first met and Will Smith smoked that heater right off his thigh? So I got him at number yeah, 55. Yeah, that was That was Will Smith. I forgot about that. That was Will <laughs> I forgot Smith. who hit that. <laughs> yeah, I got him at 55. I I don't know what to make of him. I like the power. Let me ask you this, because we're going to come on to some catchers here pretty quickly. Um, just looking ahead at your list, we can go ahead and talk about some of these guys now. Sean Murphy and Andrew Knizner, what do you like better that they do more than Will Smith? Because if I'm not mistaken, Will Smith was not in your top 50, and you got uh, you got Knizner and, and Murphy coming up in the 60s as yeah. far as your catchers. Well, Murphy... Um... Murphy's Talk me just, out of Will I, Smith, basically, is what I'm saying. I don't know that I hate Will Smith. I just I like those other guys better. Um, so talk for me. Um, so Murphy's just I think an elite defensive catcher. I I would probably have him right after Melendez if I had to like rank the best defensive catchers I've seen. Um, just really sturdy behind home. Uh, probably a seven arm, maybe an eight. Um, and he's not, he's not a total zero offensively either. I think you're probably looking at maybe a 40 hit with uh 50 power, something like that. So to me, he just, he just looks really safe, really sturdy. And, um, I don't think he's going to be a superstar, but I think his chances of being second division regular type are really good. And, um, a lot of that, it's just, I'm that confident with him defensively. So, I don't know. You have a guaranteed, not guaranteed, but um, really good shot at a everyday player. I think that's 
someone who should be on this list. Um, and Knizner? Knizner, the defense was at one point, like, questionable. I actually kind of liked him um, defensively in 2017 AFL, and... Um, I'm willing to admit maybe that was me being a little bit of a green scout, but um, I also liked some of the other things I saw out of him. I I saw him, like, really impressive batting practice one day. I think he hit, like, six or seven out. Um, I think there's more power in this bat than you might think from just looking at his stat lines because I think he, he, he may have hit, like, only 10 or 11 homers last year. I can't remember. Um, but... I honestly think there's really good power here. I like his approach offensively at the plate. Um, I, I think he has a pretty good feel for the zone. He doesn't really expand. Um, just see a lot of things there that I like. Um, I don't know. The, I mean, having seen the three of those guys, because they were all a part of that 2017 AFL, um, I just like those two guys better. I didn't see... I didn't see anything pop for Will Smith for me as much as, the, as those two guys. Interesting. All right, I'm, I, I've had Murphy all over this list, and, and it's just one of those things as, like, I have all these catchers here. I mean, but you said it. This is a safe major leaguer, and isn't that what this list is supposed to be about um, in, in some cases? So I might have to rethink Smith over Murphy. Um, I can't remember where I have him. I'm sure we'll get to him. Uh, let's jump ahead to your uh, your 56 here. You got Madrigal. I think we talked about him last episode um, at 56. Jesus Sanchez uh, from Tampa. John Duplantier of Arizona. Bubba Thompson of Texas. And Nolan Jones. I think Indians fans will be happy to see him in the 60s. Uh, what was your thinking here with, with uh, Madrigal, Sanchez, Duplantier, Thompson, Jones? What were you looking for? I know you, you gave a lot of these guys 50s. Um, yeah, fifty low on Madrigal, Sanchez, and Duplantier, and fifty moderate on Thompson and Jones. Is it just a risk thing for you? Yeah, I mean, for me, like, I guess that's part of why I lumped these dudes together. I think they're all a little bit on the safer side. They're not. I don't think they're going to be star players, but I just view them as I'm. I have a pretty good feeling these guys will be everyday dudes in like a second division regular sort of way. Um, so I think that's why they all settled to this part of the list. Um, Duplantier, you know, I saw a bunch last fall. Um, the stuff's really good. The body's really good. I thought the fastball like flattened out at times for me and became a little hittable, but both the, I really liked both the curve and the slider and um, the changeup was meh at times and decent at others, like maybe average-ish. But um, I didn't see a guy that I thought profiled as more than a three. But I thought he, I thought the body looked definitely innings eater-ish, and I think he could be a really solid number three. Madrigal was a guy I saw out in uh, Instructs, and I mean, granted these are short looks, but my impression was pretty solid defensively at short and offensively he seemed very aggressive but it was a lot of line drive sort of contact like very linear and I was just I just came away skeptical of of any power projection I mean he's a college kid I think he's 22 at this point is that right 
Um, So I don't think there's going to be very much body projection. And not to say he can't make some sort of swing swing plane adjustment and change, but I don't even know if there's enough power there for like for him to take advantage of that sort of mechanical change. I'm just skeptical and it's not that he's going to be a bad player. I just don't see like a superstar type. I don't I don't think he can be the guy that Jonathan India has the potential to be. So, you know, that's that's why I have him settled, you know, more in the middle part of this list. Do but you I just that do you think that in 10 years from now, uh we're going to be talking about how stupid were th- were these guys to take Madrigal over India? Do you think India will be that good that in ten years we're going to just be like, man, they completely missed the boat, and they Tiger should have taken him over Mize as well? It's possible. I mean, am I industry industry high on India having him? I think I had him sixteenth on this list. Yeah, I mean, um, it's possible that's a conversation or. It's possible a year from now I'll be crying into the microphone. I don't know. Both of these things are possible. Well, one night, yeah. Let me tell you what I, I had. To, I was talking to Ralph one time, and I and I was telling him I was like, you know, fuck it. I don't care if I lose followers. I told him I said, uh, I um I, I want to create a strain of weed that just has double plus explosion on the first hit. And then settles you down into this euphoric state of comfort. The type of comfort that you can know that third base for the Reds is locked down for the next 10 years. And I want to call this strain Jonathan Indica. Oh, I'm creative. I like what you yeah. did there. You like that? Yeah. <laughs> I, so I, I told Ralph, I, I think Ralph might be trying to create this. So, well, it is it is legal to grow your own weed in Massachusetts. Yeah, not that it right. was something I ever did, but not um, that Ralph is breaking the law in any way because he's not. But I thought that that was interesting, and I don't know why that came to me though. I think because your love of India has worn worn off on me, so I love him too. Um, and I definitely think that we're going to be having that conversation. You know, why didn't this guy go number one? I mean, hindsight's well, always twenty twenty, but. Just watch watch the videos I took from Instructs and tell me you're not in love with that swing. I mean, it, it's beautiful. It yeah, it's uh, I think I I think he's gonna fly fast through the system. Anyways, we talked about India last time. Um, let's so let's talk about another third baseman. You got here, um, Nolan Jones. I got Jones at ninety two. Um, have you seen Jones before? Do you know what what do you what do you yeah. about him? I, I've only seen him once, though. It was uh, one day up at Kane County, um, kind of in between indie ball stuff. I, I don't have anything super special. I just ha- like some of the things I've read about him, and he just seems like he has a really well-rounded skill set. I like his body, and um, I mean, he looks like a safe third baseman type. I don't think there's any risk that he moves off the position. Um I don't know. For me, I think I just liked that he did a little bit of everything and um, seemed to have a well-rounded skill set. I think when I saw him, I mean, I liked what I saw. He had a, he had his first uh, Carolina League home run the the day that I saw him, and he was. It might have been his debut. It might have been his Carolina League debut. So I probably shouldn't be so hard on him. But a fastball is a fastball, and it just looked like elevated up. Um, he would chase. And then anything away from him, and I know he's got like a ton of power to left to left field, but anything soft away from him, he was just 
he was kind of in between on. Um, I know he has a high OBP and takes a lot of walks, but I saw a passive hitter that got himself into in, into trouble because these uh, these Astro pitchers would just pound the zone against him. And he went three or four at-bats with just not really doing anything. Um, and then in game two of a doubleheader, he finally, I th- he either hit a single first through the shift or or it was a home run. But either way, he finished with two hits. But I do think that he is going to be one of those guys that's going to be a low batting average guy. I think he's going to draw walks, but if it's from, but if it's from being passive, and like I said, I, I don't fully know that he was passive that day. But if it's from being passive and getting yourself into holes, major league pitchers won't let him get out of that hole. And um, yeah, I don't know. I think I think he can struggle a little bit at the upper levels of the minors. But I like the body. I mean, talk about like leverage and and just high waisted and. There, I, I do think there's a lot to like, but I, I, I do think also that he could have to move off third base. And if he's a first baseman, I like him a lot less. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. I, so. I guess I agree to, di- agree to disagree with <laughs> yeah. the body. I mean, I, no, I no, think I like he's a body. stick for me. I said I like the body. Well, but I think the body, I think he can stick from what I've seen of him. Anyways. Um, shall we go through some more names (laughs) yeah you know it's funny though real quick with third base I mean third base if you look at the hall of fame third base is such a hard position to play throughout your career and it it, it doesn't I grew up with Mike Schmidt and Chipper Jones and um, you know some of these guys but and Adrian Beltre, but when you look at like the number of third basemen, and I don't know if it's because most third basemen end up moving off third base, uh, but third base is really a hard position to project because it's either, I think it's either the the shortstop like Bregman and A Rod, they move to third and stick, or it's the guy who was a third baseman early on as an amateur, he's getting pushed across the diamond unless he's like a plus defender he's i think they generally get pushed across the diamond for the kid who is the shortstop in triple a but is now going to be a third baseman i think that makes sense it's just sort of the natural progression of it i mean adrian beltre might be the you know the exception to the rule kind of thing yeah all right, well, let me get through my let me get through uh, some of these guys here. So 56, we talked about Duplantier. I got you had him 58. I got him 56. This is another one of those cases where you gave him 50 low. I gave him 55 moderate. Um, Jared Kalinick at 57. He might be low. I do have him a couple spots behind Dunn, but I got Kalinick as a 60 extreme risk. 58. I got 58 and 59. I got a couple interesting guys here. Dylan Cease and Matt Manning. I gave Cease the nod over Manning just because I think he's got a little bit more uh, umph on that third pitch and uh, a little bit better command with it. Although I really like what I saw out of Manning. Jason, I can I tell you something Verdugo. that might freak? Can I tell you something that might freak you out a little bit? You're Manning and Cease. Cease are, Manning and Cease are are right next to each other on my list as well. They're just thirty spots lower. <laughs> are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, look at that. <laughs> 30 spots lower. That's pretty wild. I think, uh, yeah, I see it. Send all hate mail to at Jason Panini. Tigers fans <laughs> on Twitter. Um, well, let's talk about these two guys then. So 
I know that you don't really like Cease. Uh, we've talked about it before, but I don't know if you've ever gone on record. Have you gone on record? Yeah, I, I, not we, on the Cease train. I think that was our final episode of the bottom of the ninth. I was talking about things I didn't like about Cease, and yeah, but really, nobody knew I us think, back then except for John Calvagno. Well, John was one of our six <laughs> followers. Um, so, yeah, have you gone on public since you've since you've come out uh, on the other side of a scouting gig? I think so. Uh, well, when we were on the White Sox list, I I came out against Cease, I think. But um, all right, so I, so remind everybody why you're not a Cease guy. Well, what it boils down to is, I think there's more reliever risk than other people tend to think that there is with him, I think. And um, basically, it's part of it is mechanical. Um, I just look at the delivery, and I think there's a lot of effort there. Also, the the day that I saw him, maybe that's influencing it, but um, he didn't have as many swinging strikes as you know a lot of the other days. So um, maybe that's kind of stupid of me to be myopic and only look at that one game I saw him. But um, the day I saw him, it was the fastball and curve I thought were really good. And the slider and the change didn't do that much for me. So he he looked to me like more of a two-pitch guy with effort in his delivery. And I said, this guy looks like a reliever. That was my takeaway from that day that I saw him. And, um, you know, you have to take into account all pieces of information. I mean, I, I'd be an idiot not to see what he did after that. And obviously the slider has been better at times and was probably a lot better than that day that I saw him. Um, but it's sort of hard to, sometimes it's hard to get looks out of your mind too. And I still don't like the, the delivery and um, the effort that I see in it. So, you know, I'm not necessarily going to give him a pass on that. Let me um, ask you this. Compare his delivery to someone like Nate Pearson's because Pearson has some effort in, deli- in his delivery, but I think for the most part it's pretty clean. Um, he, there's just a lot of intent. Um, can, you, can you compare and contrast those two guys delivery-wise? Well, it, it's funny because when you look at Pearson, it does look like there's some effort in the delivery, but then you see him throw 104 and you're thinking was there effort <laughs> like <laughs> you know because he he's, he'll be sitting like 90 96 to 99 and with it looks like above average effort to maybe even maybe even plus effort if you're gonna throw a term around like that um but is it i mean if he's capable of another five miles an hour i don't know um so I'm, he does I'm get still that trying crazy to crazy extension though, you know. So his extension's unreal, and I don't I don't know what to make of his the amount of quote unquote effort in his delivery. To be honest, I I still so, haven't reconciled I haven't reconciled all of this in my mind. <laughs> well, yeah, he's a freak. So what do you not like about Cease's delivery other than the effort? Um, geez, I'd have to go back and look at it mechanically and just look at the video. Um. Okay, I, I, Cease is a guy, there is risk there, and there's risk with him and Manning. I think it's important to remember, it's, you know, with these guys, 
a lot of these young guys, these young athletic fireballers, they have a long ways to go. They might come into the to professional ball with two plus pitches or, or plus pitch and an above average second pitch. Um, they have to learn command. They have to learn a third pitch. They have to learn sequencing uh, on top of all that before they can get any sort of advanced hitters out on a regular basis. And while I like kind of the strides that I think both Cease and Manning made this year, I just, I'm with you. I think that there's there's a lot of risk there because we, we tend to quickly forget guys like Archie Bradley, right? Remember Archie Bradley was like the next can't miss guy. At least that's what I was told when I was on the fan side. You know, I don't know. Maybe you can go back and, and do you remember anyone kind of sticking reliever risk on Archie Bradley back when, you know, at this time in his career? Um, oh, when he was around like low A or um, excuse me, high A. Um, yeah, I don't I don't think so. Yeah, I'm just you know, I'm looking at Cease right now. I just the delivery starts really slow. Arm kind of stays back and then whips forward. I don't I don't know, man. I just I know Lance actually said he liked the delivery on the podcast and I was taken aback and couldn't understand why. <laughs> so. well, it's called a prospect scrum and you guys are way too nice. Why didn't you just be like why didn't you just be like bullshit? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what to say, Jason. I was I was uh, just taken aback. I I had no response. So I I think it's okay to to People will get mad when you say this. People got mad at me when I said that I thought Kopech was a reliever, but you know, I just think the arm action looks whippy. Look at this. Yeah. Oh. It's um uh, he's already had TJ as well before. Um I don't know, we'll see. I think a lot of these guys remember Andrew Miller? I think these guys sure. are just they have they have high floors. Here's the thing. Manning and Cease, if they're not starters, they're gonna be closers. They're gonna be nasty closers. Um, and I think, oh yeah, of both of these guys are filth in the bullpen. If, if that's where they end up in the age of the opener and the bullpens, I mean, these guys probably now hold more value, don't you think? And a longer leash. Sure. I mean, if these guys end up in a pen, then they, they could potentially be multiple inning dominant dudes like that. Is that going to shock anyone? It shouldn't. No. I, you know, Josh Hader was another guy that I thought was a top pitching prospect, but you stick him in the bullpen, and he's he's uh, <clears throat> he's unhittable. Um, so yeah, we've, I like yeah, those guys. I think you. I like think them. we've I like touched on this before too. Like yeah. I don't even think I don't even think WAR necessarily calculates correctly for those uh, fireman type guys because they're always coming in in like these high leverage situations too, where you know like the the win probabilities can just flip around and turn on a dime like that's when these guys are coming in to shut down the other teams so um yeah there's big value yeah totally that's how you that's how you're gonna win a world series now i need to get some water you read off uh 60 through 65 here all right um well i don't have your updated list but just read yours and i'll then i'll tell you mine you read your own sure i had alec baum Sean Murphy, AJ Puck, Cabrian Hayes, and Hunter Green. Those, so that was my uh, sixty-one to sixty-five. 
So you like Hunter Green more than Cease and Manning? Yeah. That's I just... pretty crazy. <laughs> that's well, that's like see. the hottest take. <laughs> I mean, especially because, listen, if we were talking about all these guys being in the top 50, which is where they are everywhere else, uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't think anything about it. But you got green, you got green well, what is five. You got these guys buried in the in the in the in the high 80s. <laughs> what is what is the industry uh, consensus on Hunter Green um, in like a top 100 list? Is there one? I don't know what the industry consensus is, but I always see him in the top 50. I think I, I don't know now that he's injured, uh, you know, because he's inevitably going to drop. I guess it doesn't matter, but I'm I'm weary of ranking guys that high when when they when they don't have three pitches. Like I, I think that Manning and Cease are trending in that right direction toward a third pitch and improved command. And all I know from Hunter Green is he's athletic and he throws really hard and. He got barreled big time in the Futures game. So. Yeah, I just, I saw Raw Tools and the the day I saw him in Instructs, it was a couple years ago. Um, I actually saw the slider decent that day and the changeup wasn't consistent, but I saw it flash. And I think, I mean, obviously he's fallen in love with the fastball at times. And I think that's hurt him. But maybe, maybe that, maybe that um, eventually he figures that out and uh, yeah. a change comes. And I just I think that with the athleticism and the the pitches that I've seen flash, I can't ignore the flashes because to me the flashes are what a guy could become, like when he becomes the best version of himself. And what I saw that day, I saw a guy that you know, had number one or number two type stuff. And um, maybe number one is too strong, but at least number two type stuff. And with most athleticism I've seen out of a pitcher, um, this isn't to throw Lance under the bus. I think he said something the other day that, um, do you remember who he said? He said someone would look more athletic. Oh yeah. He said Mackenzie Gore looked more athletic Dude, than Hunter you Green. You and Lance need to have um, a fight over mechanics. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I I've seen I've seen Gore and Green live. Both are insanely athletic, so it's like they're close. But I would still give it to Hunter Green. I think he's a little bit more. Um, and yeah, it's it's not a big disparity, but um, that matters to me. The yeah, I saw the stuff flash, and that coupled with the athleticism, I just I still believe in this guy, even even if some bad things have happened in terms of the fastball getting too straight and just sort of falling in love with velo. I kind of don't care because I just like the things I saw. So uh, maybe that's why I have him higher. The, you're the, you're a believer. You're a believer in Hunter green. Stick, yes, sir. Always bet on the athlete. So, uh, all right. So my 61 here, this is where people are gonna, this is where people are going to start like flaming me. So 61, I have, William Contreras, the catcher from Atlanta. A 62, I have Kopech. A 63, which, once again, every time I take your recommendation, I end up being higher than you on a guy. Uh, I have Cole Wynn from Texas. 64, I have Drew Waters. 65, I have Kyle Wright. Um, I think there's some variance in this. Um, 
like I said before, once we get to 50, you can really just kind of play around with some of these, some of these guys. But uh, am I crazy for having for being this high on William Contreras? I don't think so. Um, he's not even on my list, and I think that's a mistake. I'm trying to figure out how to get him in here. And Dude, um, let's just add more catchers. <laughs> my seven catchers isn't enough seven felt like a lot man and it's just it's not if i'm if i'm bumping somebody like william Contreras, it, should i be i don't know um, i mean i didn't I, have melendez so you know we're each bumping we're each bumping the other guy's favorite young catcher yeah i mean you you sort of sold me the other day when you were telling me about the batted ball distance and the batted ball data you were looking at um and that was yeah. with miners graphs, right? Yeah. So Smata sent me this link here. Uh, let me pull it up in my email, um, just because people are going to listen to this. So here is the list for the top forty, top forty guys. And um, oh, now it's not opening. It was the top forty guys in in estimated fly ball distance. Um, Contreras was within the top i believe the top 10 he was about 310 10 15 feet he was no he was 314 feet um two spots ahead of him was peter alonzo at 316 feet and he was still ahead of guys like vlad jr and and some other bigger name power hitting guys he was ahead of sully matias as well now, what does that stat mean? Estimated fly ball distance. That it's just basically, to me, this is how I kind of interpret it: is the stuff that's in the air that gets hit in the air gets barreled hard, and usually gets barreled a long ways. Um, you know, because we're not counting pop ups in here. We're not counting shallow. I mean, they're counting pop ups and shallow fly balls, I believe, at least shallow fly balls. Um, you know, so for this kid to come out here, pretty much, I say he's unknown, but you know, no one's talking about him. To have that sort of data, right, that Smato, you know, was was putting out, validate kind of what I was already thinking and what I saw. So what I saw was a, a projectable frame, but sturdy, but not catcher sturdy, athletic sturdy. Um, I saw a guy who swings with intent, but a guy that does not have to sell out for plus bat speed and power. Uh, while Drew Waters and the rest of that Rome team was swinging at anything and everything out of their shoes on the first pitch, Contreras was one of the few guys that was working deep into counts, looked comfortable hitting with two strikes. Um, I think his hit tools further along than a guy like Drew Waters right now, and I think his power... There's, I think there's plus power that's going to be unlocked there. I just really love the approach. I really love the adjustments. Um, so that to go to go along with what I think is plus defense with a plus throwing arm. I mean, I think he's one of the best known catching secrets in the in the minor leagues. And I don't, I, I don't know if, I don't know if I'm the high guy and will always be the high guy going forward you know but i feel like i won't be the high guy for long right this isn't about me i feel like coming into next season 
this kid's going to put together, I think, the, you know, the season that it takes to get everybody talking about him. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely buzz on him now. It's just he still feels a little bit under the radar-ish to me. Would you agree with that? Yeah, no, he's totally under the radar. And, and, and people are going to say, well, there's better catchers. Like, you know, I, I have him ahead of Murphy and Knizner. I have him ahead of Jake Rogers. Um, I think with Jake Rogers, I think both. So let's talk about Murphy, Murphy, Contreras, and Rogers. Because, uh, you know, all three kind of grade out as plus catchers. All three are defensive guys that, um, you know, that have the, you know, the, the defensive tools to be first division regulars. They all flash power. Um, you know, I question Rogers' hit tool, you know, just because the first two months of the season, this dude was hitting like 120. Do yourself a favor, go look at like his first two months, the statistics. Um, it's, it's, like a, it's like a 120 average, it's like a 460 OPS, something crazy. And then from like June to the end of the season, this guy Rogers was like a 271 iso- isolated power. Um, really turned his season around. Um, but even then, during his, his hottest streak, he's still like a 250-260 hitter. So I think that there's some legitimate concerns with the hit tool. I think for me, for Murphy, I think Murphy's more of a high floor, low ceiling type guy. And with Contreras, Contreras, I think, still has that ceiling you know, of can he be better than his brother. And I kind of think that he can be. Because this isn't a converted catcher. This kid is a catcher and defensively uh you know he's about as athletic as they come back behind the dish dang chance to be better than his brother yeah i think so so you know what i'm just gonna go ahead and 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 uh and be that guy that throws him out there that early i'm gonna die on that hill i think it's a hill sure. we're going on. um so let's go here through 66 through uh, 71. So I don't know if we really need to talk about Kyle Wright and Drew Waters. Uh, let's talk about Cole Wynn. Talk to me about Cole Wynn. Let's... Where do you have him? I see him. You got him at 78. So. Yeah, Cole Wynn. I mean, We're about I really like Cole off, Wynn. But... Yeah, I mean, I like Cole Wynn a lot. And when I was throwing that Rangers list together he was a top my Texas Rangers top 30 so I'm being really incongruent having him below Bubba Thompson <laughs> um, which I'm like what am I doing Colwyn needs he really needs to be above Bubba um, so bump him up I have him above I, Bubba Thompson I know I should or I need to move Bubba back something needs to happen here I have um, him this high based off of your report. <laughs> <laughs> Cole Wynn is good, man. The mechanics really smooth, just easy delivery. I like how he uses lower half. Um, you just look at his pitch mix. So he has the fastball, the curve, I think, could play to plus. And then um, the slider was maybe future average, something like that. And I actually really liked his changeup, too. And um, the fastball, he had good feel for. He could cut it. Um, I can't – I don't think he ran it, but um, really high spin rates on the fastball. So he would – excuse me. um, He was comfortable working it up in the zone and could get swing and miss up. And 
this he just looked very polished to me for a kid his age. So and um, I know he didn't even he didn't even play anywhere beyond instructs, but I looked at him and thought this is a guy who looks like someone who's gonna pretty safely be a middle rotation starter. And um, with an outside chance, if the if the body maybe adds a little bit and gets a little more velo on that fastball, which hasn't been slow, but it can get up to mid nineties. Um, I think I think the ceiling is a two, but a really safe bet to be like a mid rotation guy. And that's All who right. I think Colwyn is. Fix your list and put him put uh, put him ahead of Bubba Thompson. Do the right thing. <laughs> Um, yeah, right, so. <laughs> I I think he needs to move up. <laughs> all right, so 66 for you. You got here. You got Christian Robinson. I don't have him on my list. I just don't know enough about him other than, like, the name. Uh, then you have yeah. Elliot Ramos, Andrew Knizner, Gavin Lux from the Dodgers, and a guy that you – I know you're the industry high guy on. You might be higher than, than his parents. Uh, Nicky Lopez from Kansas City. <laughs> so, yeah, Royals fans should, should is, love uh, me. I think Nicky Lopez is just a high floor guy. I don't know. He's got to be the shortstop. Well, no, Mondesi's the shortstop. He's Marifield's the gamer, the man. Nick, yeah, Nicky, Nicky Lopez. Lopez I, I think he is a shortstop, and um, I know Mondesi had a good year last year. I just, I'm blinded, but maybe perhaps blinded by my love of, of Nicky Lopez. I just, he has everything except power. I just see him and probably above average run. Good defense at short, plus arm. I just, I like everything about this guy. I like his approach to the game. He does he has pretty good plate discipline, doesn't strike out that much. Um, he just had this really nasty at-bat versus Max Freed in the AFL, and I can't get it out of my mind because, you know, Freed, pretty nasty lefty. And Lopez, I think he ended up grounding out or something. I can't remember, but... Um, when you see that type of at-bat versus a tough lefty, it sticks out in your mind. And um, this is this could be the case of Lopez had a great AFL and I saw him for six weeks type of deal. But um, everything he did, he seemed to do the right way. And um, he just seems like a, a good character guy. I think he's going to get the most out of his, his skill set. Um, I'm a believer. I I think, I think he could be like an above average regular, like a chance to, not a not a star, but something more somewhere in between, like a second division and first division regular. I think, I think he's a guy that could be a long time starter and like make like one or two All Star games. Like Ooh. that's who Nicky Lopez is to me. Man. Yeah. All right. So I just made a change to mine while I was sitting here looking at this. Um. So. So my 66th here, I have uh, Usniel Diaz. I just bumped Nico Horner up. I think I had him too low. Um, 68, I have Brady Singer. 69, I have Estevan Florial. And then I'm going to go here and go 70. I have uh, Davey Garcia from the Yankees. Um, you, you saw Davey one start in instructs, and you, you kind of coined it a new scouting phrase off of him that I think needs to get more play in the scouting world. Why don't you talk about Davey? Was it, was it nine quadrant command? Was that, was that nine the term quadrant command? This it's kid's that sick, good, man. Bro. 
He is sick. He's sh- the only thing you could possibly not like about him is his height. And he has he everything was six else. Foot five, if he was six foot five, would he be ahead of Forrest Whitley for you? Yes. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Like, what what does he not do? <laughs> what does, does he everything. not do, Jason? And everything is high spin too. Even his fastball is high spin. Here's the thing about this kid. So this kid looks like he look he's nineteen. He made it to double A. Um, even though it was the end of the year, it was like a spot start for the playoffs. Um, but just insane strikeout numbers, uh, you know, from A ball to, to high A as a teenager. Easy athletic delivery. Um, the ball just explodes out of his hand. 94 looks like 96 to these hitters. And he, and he elevates the fastball so well. It's just such a high spin rate pitch that, um, you know, it, it they can't touch it. And even, then he just even has in that short hammer, Jason, in that short instructs start that I saw him, his feel for pitching was just this innate thing where, um, I I just loved his ability to sequence and like it just jumped off the page to me, because he would be setting guys up like working fastball up. And following it with a nasty curve down, like things like that, where he's just so advanced. Um, he's the total everything, package. It's ev- just size. Every everything he did, I loved. Yeah. And, and he was aggressive. He sort of has this bulldog mentality on the mound. Um, I, I I wanted to just follow the Yankees around for the rest of Instructs in hopes that he threw one more time, but he he didn't. <laughs> yeah. He he is a treat to watch. Uh, I just think that people are sleeping on the size and and looking at like the fastball thinking, oh well it's only like ninety-four, right? His changeup's getting better. His changeup is playable right now, but based on like his based on his pitchability already and his athleticism, you gotta think that the changeup is gonna come along. The Yankees are really good at at, at squeezing every ounce of development out of some of these pitchers, so um I'm a believer in Davey, and I'm just not going to let the size affect me. But I'm yeah, and if he's six you know, foot five, it's a different conversation here. Even if the fastball is like, if the fastball is ninety one to ninety four, his command of it is just so elite. I mean, this guy is he is he plus plus command? Maybe nine it's that good. Command. I mean, he, <laughs> nine he extends, command. He extends the plate. With with uh, the curveball and fastball away, he changes eye levels with curveball and the fastball. Uh, totally. The changeup, the changeup is is he can extend the plate down away from you, and then he's got no problem putting the fastball at the at the letters. Uh, and it's a high spin, it's a high spin pitch that I th- I think he's going to get a little bit stronger. I don't know how much he's going to grow. He's going to get stronger, but I yeah. don't just know how taller he's going to get it cerebral smart pitcher he knows what he's doing and i love it yeah i'm rooting for the little guy here so um let me go through uh my 71 through 75 and then and then i want you to i want to get yours here because this is where this is where like it's a struggle to kind of to piece some of these guys together so at 71 i got luis garcia the shortstop from philadelphia uh 72 i got sixto sanchez for me it's all about the risk I love the arm. 
Um, I love the I love the athleticism. I love the steps that he started to take uh, before they they shut him down. Uh, he really started to sequence and work backwards, and then he's hurt, and it's still we're it's it's more of like a wait and see thing, right? So. We don't know what we're going to get out of him. Hopefully he's healthy. Uh, 73, I got Nolan Gorman. 74, Travis Swaggerty. And then 75, a guy who suffers a little prospect fatigue. You know, the big round mound of, I don't know, what what can we call Luis Cajara? The round mound of, of what? I don't know. I'm drawing a blank, but I, uh, I knew what you were trying to do there. <laughs> baby Bartolo. Let's call him Baby Bartolo. So, uh, yeah, I got Gahara there. I feel like people are sleeping on him, even if he ends up. Um, I don't think he's. I Let me say this. I don't think he's going to be one of those Braves pitchers that's squeezed. Um, you know, I think some of these guys are going to are going to get like Colby Allard, I think, will be in triple A. And and probably is the is always going to be the odd man out. I don't think Gahara is going to be that guy this year. I think he's I think he I mean, he, he, he made it to the bigs last year. He made it to the bigs at age 20, right? I mean, yeah, and he like, had his father died, his mom got sick last year, so of course his season's going to be terrible. I don't I don't think he gets enough of a pass for all the things that happen in his personal life and um, it's it's not going to shock me if he comes back next year and he's he's sitting 97 with a, a freaking nasty slider. I mean, would it that's... shock you if he beats Tukey for the fifth starter? Job no, out of spring not training? at all. Yeah, not me either. And the, and and Tukey goes to AAA. Wouldn't shock me at all. It wouldn't shock me if he beat out Soroka as well. No. Um. So yeah, I think he's that good. I do think that there's some risk with the body and with the command. Those are the only things. That's why I kind of got him below Wright and Wilson and and some of these other. Sure, guys. and like third pitch risk too. I mean, how yeah. how how far is the changeup going to come along? Type of deal. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, um, if there is a roster crunch, he could be a just an absolute filthy lefty coming out of the back end of the bullpen. Uh, but I do think he gets every chance to start. I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna be a swing guy. Alex Anthopoulos even came out and said that the way that he's been throwing looks like what we saw in September of 2017, and not anything that what we saw in 2018. September 2017, he had a five-start stretch for the Braves, which was pretty damn good. Yeah, that's my 75. Give me yours, and and then I think we need to stop here because i got to wake up and go run with my wife at 5.30 in the morning. Oh, so this is going to be a three-parter, eh? Okay. We should make this a three-parter because this shit takes forever. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, Who did I have? Oh, uh, this is – is this 71 to 75? Yeah, Yeah, so I had – I had Gavin Lux, Nikki Lopez, (laughs) Davey Garcia – Luis Garcia, Nationals, and Nate Lowe. Ooh. So let's talk about these Luis Garcias. I had Luis Garcia from the Nationals a little bit higher. Um, I know you saw him early on before he really got hurt. Yeah, I mean, when I saw him early, I'm sorry, I got the, hot, athleticism, um, the athleticism was, was very evident. I saw him in April, and um, I don't think he had the best statistical April, but... You can see all the raw tools were there, and um, I I just remember lots of short, quick steps. Like he's he definitely has like a twitchy athleticism about him. Um, 
I wasn't I wasn't a hundred percent sure he was a shortstop stick at the time, but that seems to be more, you know, the industry seems to be more confident on that now. Um, there's some power or not power in the bat. I just I think there's crazy bat speed and um, the line the swing was like somewhat linear when I saw it. So I didn't come away like uber impressed by him, but the things that have happened <coughs> since. It's hard to deny like his performance um, for his performance at a ball for his age. And um, this this kid was 18 the entire season, I think. Um, so for me, it's it's hard to discount that too much. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm a big fan of I'm a big fan of him. He's just got like a, this I, down on the field. His back is just wide. He's just got like a wide. You can tell this kid is is jacked underneath his jersey. Um, but uh, Luis Garcia from the Phillies. This is another guy. This is this is the the William Contreras of the last round. This is another guy where people are gonna think, mm, that's awfully high, um, into the top seventy. I think my biggest, <clears throat> I think my biggest factor in in kind of being so high on him. I think this kid has an insanely high floor for a seventeen year old. If you could say that about a seventeen year old. And I think defensively he's going to stick at shortstop. And you know we've we've heard about some of the other Philly shortstops like Archimedes Gamboa, um, who was a defensive guy and, and and supposedly a high floor prospect. But the bat's not there. I think this Luis Garcia from the Phillies has just a there's just a different sound that the ball makes when it comes off his bat. Um, and I feel like the industry. But we'll see this next year. If if the if the Phillies don't get keep him in in, in complex ball and start him in uh, the Sally at eighteen, I think then Sally Sally League pitching is not good enough to get this kid out. I guess is what I'm saying. And I think he's gonna be like the prospect that makes like the biggest leap. Now, obviously, it could also be guys like Luciano. Um, and some of these J2 guys like Arelvis. But I think when we're talking like that leap from complex ball to full season, Luis Garcia has to be like the finalist for biggest leap, right? On If you think he's going to do what he does. Like if Christian Robinson starts in in Kane County, you know, yeah, is he going to be exposed uh, or is he going to absolutely mash? I think Luis Garcia mashes in the Sally. I mean, he's on the short list for guys that have the chance to really take a massive, let's say, quantum leap up until the, up until like say the top twenty. You know, he yeah. could be that guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I I need to see more out of Robinson. I mean, we talked about him a little bit earlier, but um, you know, it's one of those things we try and look for. I think a lot of what we try and look for, and I think a lot of what fans want to want to know is who are these guys either in complex ball that we haven't heard about. Or who's these guy? Who are the guys that are coming out of complex ball that can make a splash in full season? Um, yeah, and that's, um, Jason, and, and I, that's the hard part. As we um, as we kind of let the cement on our list dry, and we kind of get our bricks all together. I don't know if I'm working this analogy right, but yeah, um, one of the takeaways that I I had from looking at both of our lists and. I'd say I'm 100% guilty of this is 
I think we both might have a little bit of guys we've seen bias where like yes. I just feel so much more comfortable ranking a guy that I've seen higher and pushing him aggressively relative to dude I haven't seen. Like I'm chances are I'm not gonna aggressively bump a dude that you know, off of other people's recommendation or um I just feel more comfortable doing that with someone I've seen in person. And I think both of our lists reflect that same kind of mentality. Yeah, I, I agree. It's yours is very much a it's yours is very much a mosaic of the guys that you've been talking about for the last couple months. Um and guys that you liked before uh you went to do indie ball. And I think that my list is a lot of a lot of guys that I saw on more than one occasion. So like it's, I know it's not fair to a Nolan Jones that I only saw him one time. And even though he hit a home run, I still came away kind of being low on him. You know, whereas a guy like Luis Garcia from the Phillies, I saw him in extended spring training. I saw him in spring training, extended spring training, the GCL and instructional league. I, I mean, we've spent, you know, at least uh, one day a month together since the season started. <laughs> <laughs> um, and a guy like Sixto, I've seen enough to, to where... I remember we had this conversation, you know, before, and I don't know if we ever put it on air, but when you were talking about Dylan Cease and, and, and the reliever risk, I remember saying that Sixto kind of was that guy for me, that I want to see him. I want to see him just, like, figure it all out. But right. I also think that there's some substantial risk that he doesn't. I think there's some risk that you need to consider that he could end up your closer in four years and not your your ace. So um, yeah. that's kind of where I'm at with some of these guys. But I think you're very much spot on that both of these lists have our I, their, our DNA is just wrapped up in these lists. Yeah, I think so too. Um, and you know what? I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. If if we're not making judgments and kind of gut calls at some points from things we've seen in games, maybe not gut call, or maybe gut call isn't the best term for it. Maybe it's just, uh, I don't know. I'm grasping for straws. Uh, maybe it's just kind of extrapolating um, looks that we've seen type of deal. I mean, we make these lists and I think a big part of the value of them is what we've seen from in-game action, what we've seen live and, um, what, uh, our impressions from those live looks and they're all embedded in the list and there should be at least some value to that, I think. Yeah, and I think if we put these two together and then when we add uh, the other guys into this, but I think definitely our two together would probably end up some of the guys that you're really high on would come down. Some of the guys that I'm really low on would get a bump up that you're high on. I think if we were to combine our list together, I'd be curious to see you know, what a, what a uh, Panini Waddell list would look like. Um, combined together like who would make the cut you know if, if yeah. we aggregated the day I think we should do that once we kind of finish this rough draft keep in mind you know this is a rough draft we're just here bullshit and trying to figure out you know if we're crazy for ranking Davey Garcia you know not well, in the top 20 now we, we well some of these guys we we ranked 
shockingly close to each other, you know? Yeah. Um, if you put I mean, Davey Garcia in your top 20, I will put him in my top 20. <laughs> <laughs> and if you put him in your top 20 I will put him in my top 20 and I will make sure that MJ Melendez is at an approvable rank yes please please you know rectify that in, on your next yeah. uh, in your next iteration <laughs> that's what I need to do alright so yeah let me uh, let's let's get out of here I think uh, 75 is good so the next time we talk we'll, we'll hammer out um, we'll hammer out 76 to 100 and then we can even maybe have time to talk about some guys who just missed the cut so hope you enjoyed yeah. it did you have fun jp yeah this was a fun fun conversation i enjoyed it all right let me let me also press stop here before i eat up all of my disk space <laughs> that's another and it gets deleted and we lose the whole conversation can't go to 100 i have to wake up early in the morning and my computer's like you're running out of disk space so all right for uh jason panini i'm jason waddell this is the scouts have eyes uh thanks for listening rate review and subscribe and we'll talk to you guys later